0: Hello everyone out there in KKFA Island. This is Una here in the studio along with uh, Rachel at the soundboard. Uh, and hello Rachel. Hi there Una. We've been here since uh, the 10th voice uh, keeping everything going and Fiona is joining us by Zoom from home. And uh, how are you are you there Fiona? Everything okay?
1: Oh yeah. I'm definitely here. I got to watch Rachel singing along to the songs during the break before the show started, which is awesome. And I got, don't think any of our listeners know how many songs we sing along to and share that to in the studio.
2: And I got to see you enjoying what looked like watermelon, I think.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It's a watermelon kind of day. It
2: does. I think you're right. If there is any, If there is such a thing, this is it right here. This is a watermelon day. In fact, that is sort of tied in a way to the subject uh, that we're going to
0: talk about today, which is one well, that has been a long time coming and involved many whiteboards, lots of research. Uh, I actually did research on this subject quite a while ago uh, about a problem that I don't know a better way to describe it other than gender bias in thermostats. Women we know, and by women, I, by women, I want to refer to double X chromosome people, people that or people that are on high levels of estradiol, whatever their uh, base chromosome makeup, because it is very highly related to the metabolism. Uh, so in general, when I say the term women, that is what I mean. We are freezing year-round but especially in the summertime we are freezing and freezing and freezing and it is not just a matter of we're being oversensitive about it and it's not just a matter of being uncomfortable at the office it is a matter that is impacting job performance our ability to succeed and our ability to really have equity—and is this phenomenon has been around since air conditioning was essentially invented. Uh, in fact, uh, while I was researching this, I remembered an old uh, skit from college humor that actually talks about this. I want to play a section of that skit for you. I think a lot of you out there are going to identify with this. It's kind of funny. So, Rachel, let's let's go ahead and hear that.
1: Oh no, it's here, it's here, the women's winter is here, the freeze is upon us. Oh,
2: are you guys talking about the AC?
1: When spring turns to summer and there's blossom on the trees, the office air doth turn to ice and all the women freeze.
2: I don't know, I'm pretty
1: comfortable. Why is it so cold in here? Cynthia, why are you wearing this garb? You knew that women's winter was coming. I forgot. Let your hair down. It won't do much, but but at least the back of your neck will be warm. Where do you keep your office sweater? She doesn't have an office sweater, you idiot. Luckily, I grabbed the communal office coat in mid-December during men's hell.
2: I didn't wear a shirt once in December. It's too hot in here.
1: I'm still cold. Let's get her away from the air vents. They're everywhere. I know they're everywhere, but she needs to think that there's still hope. I'm going to see if I can find a thermostat. Nay, the winter freeze is controlled by the general thermostat in the basement. We have no power, and the Ice King knows it.
0: Speaking of Ice King, there's ice cream down on the fourth floor.
2: You know, because it's so hot.
1: Whoa!
0: It's funny, grimly, because it's true, unfortunately. And, um many of us have wondered why is this the case why are most women and i'm not talking about every woman out there i'm not talking about every man out there i'm not talking again i wanted to emphasize that i'm talking primarily it's coming down to metabolism uh body morphology hormones and a lot of different factors so i'm summarizing a lot of things up by saying men and women and there are many factors that go into this and uh, one of my side jobs aside from uh, you know helping to produce the uh, 10th voice and every woman and a few other shows here is that i am actually a licensed professional engineer who specializes in thermodynamics And this is something that uh, I have uh, studied several times before, especially, and I was talking with Rachel about this uh, before the uh, show. After transition, when I went on estrogen treatment, you know, I was already cold in my office most of the time, but as soon as I went on estrogen treatment, it dropped 10 degrees easily and it was the point where i in the summertime it is a hundred degrees outside i have a coat on at my desk i have mittens i am sometimes wearing a hat and i am still freezing and it is incredible and one of the reasons there's many reasons for why this is happening, and uh, the first thing I want to do is talk about heat. Where is the heat in your office building uh, actually coming from? You know, where? Why do we need air conditioning in the first place? Well, if you think about what is in a typical office building, you have people. We put out metabolic heat Uh, a person who sits around and does basic sedentary work generally creates about i'm going to put everything in terms of watts because you can think of it in terms of like a uh, light bulb and so forth we put out about 65 to 170 watts of heat constantly it depends on a lot of factors but for men they generally put out about 120 to 130 watts and women are about 20 to 30% less. So, what else makes heat in the office? Lights. You've got lights all over the place, but the lights are normally right up by the ceiling, so the heat is not really coming down to you. It's rising up out of the way. You've got computers, you've got photocopiers, you've got vending machines, you've got laser printers. But unless you work in an industrial environment... That's really where all the heat sources are coming from, and in fact, quite a lot of office buildings don't actually have furnaces in them. I found this out in 1997 when my office building I worked in, which was a six-story office building, had the air conditioner die in January, and I and at first I when they announced that I thought. Why are we running the air conditioner in January? It literally was a very cold January. It was a the, the outside high was about 10 to 20 degrees. There was so much internal heat, especially because this is 1997 and everyone had a pretty large computer with a great big old CRT monitor, and we put out a lot of heat. So. By the end of the first workday on Monday, the temperature inside the office was 80. That's pretty comfortable for me.
2: But, and, and this uh, was in January.
0: This was in January, yeah. It, wow. it, it's about 70 degrees warmer than it was outside. So the office would cool down a little bit overnight, but not enough because it, we insulate our buildings so well. and We don't have windows that we can open. By midday Wednesday, the office temperature hit 90 and the relative humidity was about 60%. We're talking Memphis in the summertime here (laughs) because every time you exhale, you are breathing out moisture. But without air conditioning, this is one of the two things that air conditioning does. It reduces the temperature and it reduces the humidity. Well, without that in place, we had memphis in kansas city when it was you know the middle of january and this was the crazy thing we had an extremely strict dress code men had to wear full suit and tie every day and women oh my it actually said we had to wear hose we had to wear dresses suits everything to the max it it, finally on thursday a company did something unprecedented they allowed us to dress in street clothes but by the end of Thursday we broke 95 Fahrenheit and the humidity was like a sauna. I mean, wow. we were making the jokes of pour some more water on the rocks, you know. <laughs> it's it's not Could uh, you could you make it rain by just opening the door? Like That's what we wondered, <laughs> you know. It's like what what would actually happen and uh, productivity basically dropped to zero and we they finally told us because some people were actually close to passing out that we could go home if we wanted to without pay. No, oh, so generous. That air conditioning runs all the time. Now, I, I did some spreadsheet calculations to try to do a little bit of comparison. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this and we'll have a break. And then we're going to come back and talk amongst our group here about uh, some of the other factors that go into why... There is this gender inequity. I took a hypothetical building, say a building that has about 50 men and 50 women in it, and I used a typical square foot area size, and I added up all the watts produced by the people in the building. I added up the watts of typical computers, uh, assuming everybody has one extra monitor. I assumed that we had, oh, you know for 100 people you probably have two photocopiers you probably have two hot vending machines two cold vending machines a few laser printers i summed it all up and found out that in a modern office today our human heat is about 50 percent of all the heat contribution to the office now back in the day when computers were not laptops and we had big old CRT monitors that weighed about 50 pounds or so and had to be moved around, the human heat was only about 25%. We have noticed this in my very large office building when we went through a revolution of replacing all of our desktop computers with laptops is that we could tell it became noticeably colder. So we know the problem is we have to remove the heat in the office building and we know where the heat comes from but why are women colder exactly why are we feeling it more and what are the actual impacts of that and is there anything we can do about it other than you know dressing for you know a trip to the south pole basically <laughs> in the middle of summertime we have a a short station break that we're going to take and then come back and talk about all of those issues to try to help you all out. And welcome back to Every Woman here where we are talking about the concept of thermostat wars. There's one last little thing I want to add before I really start uh, opening the discussion up here is that uh, another factor that you have to take into account is the fact that we don't have windows that open and the american society of heating refrigeration and air conditioning engineers has standards for fresh air that has to be delivered into the building for every worker for every minute and uh... typically works out to be about seventeen cubic feet of air per worker per minute that has to be cooled down because it's coming in at 100 degrees or whatever from outside and that's another reason the air conditioner needs to run and these standards increased after there was a public concern over what was called sick building syndrome people being ill from uh, essentially chemicals coming from artificial uh, plastics and carpeting and furniture all around us and so forth so Rachel and Fiona, let's talk about Fiona first, because Fiona also, Fiona works in a a big office building, I think, more than you have, Rachel. Fiona, what's your take on how cold the offices have been where you've worked?
1: Well, one of the problems is that people say to you that if you're cold, you can just dress warmer, and they're thinking of themselves when they go outside in the winter when they're moving around and they're active, and if you're sitting basically still because you're typing at a computer, it doesn't matter how much you dress warmer. I could wear my puffy down winter coat, and I still wouldn't be warm enough because when you're sitting still, you don't tend to have the blood circulation, and your feet are still going to end up cold. And then if you take into consideration the fact that some people have medical conditions that get exacerbated by being cold, like Raynaud's syndrome, um, that's a uh, another illness that is more common in women than men and so it gets less studied and less treated than illnesses and issues that are common in in men rather than women and it's one where when you get very stressed or when you get cold the circulation in your fingers and toes and any other extremities like maybe earlobes and even the tip of your nose shuts off and it can shut off to the point where your fingers and toes can turn purple and blue because they're deoxygenated, and if it happens a lot, you can actually end up with gangrene. And this is something that, until it, if it just gets into a slightly warmer environment, the circulation's not going to sh- shut back on. It actually has to be very, very warm before the circulation will reset itself and send oxygenated blood to your fingers and toes because so they're getting injured all the time when women that have this condition are forced to work in these cold buildings And most of the time, if you try and have a space heater for your feet or a little tiny space heater on your desk for your hands when it's sat up there by, on the mouse and not moving very much, the company will come around and tell you that's a fire hazard and that you have to remove it.
0: So, Rachel, you've worked in a wider variety, I think, of office and uh, other settings you know being in theater and so forth and i know that every theater i go to i am freezing
2: and are you seeing the same sort of thing (laughs) well it it struck me when you were talking about doing that calculation because i was involved in designing the new space at, at the unicorn theater several years ago and one of the things we had to do that i had to provide for the hvac engineer was the heat load for the room and i was like well There's 150, 575-watt lights at any one time. They're not all on at full, but maybe they're on at half. And his eyes got huge. He's like, what? Why are there 150 lights? It's like, have you ever been to a theater show? And I think that's why sometimes uh, theaters do get very cold because there is this enormous heat load with especially lights. And even now it's better because of LEDs, but LEDs still radiate heat because they have transformers mm-hmm. in them. And very rarely are theaters completely, you know, not incandescent. Most of the time we're still running incandescent lights in theaters. So that might be one of the things you're, you're noticing. And again, all of that heat is up you know, up high, that they're trying to get rid of that load. So, Right. Fiona? You know,
1: uh, I was just going to say, and most buildings don't seem to have the intelligent zoned ACs that a lot of the newer homes are having. So if you've got a restaurant, for instance, people might be boiling to death in the kitchen and you'll need to turn the AC up so that your staff don't diet heat exhaustion in the kitchen where they're working for everyone, but then you, you're getting this bunch of freezing. And the same with the actors on the stage with all that light directly on them. They may be melting and if people were still wearing grease fringe, it would be running down their faces <laughs> but the audience could be freezing to death
2: yeah exactly and then it's it talks to your point too about the heat load of just people you have a room full of 300 people who are right next to each other all at the same time um it creates an enormous heat load so um yeah that's been my experience that it during shows that uh it is much cooler than i feel comfortable with but i sort of understand it and unfortunately a lot of the air conditioning isn't smart enough to sort of overcome that that big heat load and you know sacrifice. Well, it sacrifices it's really, comfort for the people.
0: It's really hard too because you almost have to have separate systems with very complex separate duct work. And in a typical yeah. office where you have cubicles, or even when offices like you know I have an office with a door, but it doesn't go to the ceiling. Um, These zones, you know, I work in one of the largest office buildings in Kansas or Missouri. In and each floor can hold something like three or four hundred people. I think there might only actually be eight zones for four hundred wow. people. So I can complain and say that I'm too cold, but then that makes all the men around me too hot and right. vice versa and so forth. So we have a serious problem with that. And the, we, breaking down to the basic science, it is true that women are colder than men for several reasons we have uh we produce less energy through our metabolism we don't utilize oxygen at the same rate which is related to that Um, menopause makes a big difference Uh, even what when you try to equal out all possible factors men still seem to make about three to five percent more heat than women do and so i spent quite a lot of time going through uh, scores of studies to find what is the optimal temperature for men versus women and generally speaking taking very broad averages in the united states the typical optimal level of comfort for men is 72 fahrenheit and the average air conditioning system is set at about 70 Fahrenheit. For women, the optimal level that's a balance between being awake and comfortable and being too cold is about 77. Wow. So we're talking about a serious wow. difference here. Uh, others, other studies show that it's anywhere from 2 to 6 degrees higher. It is very highly age-dependent. College age women have less of a difference than college age men do. Uh, older women have more of a difference. And so that is one thing to consider when you're thinking about uh, planning things out in your office. And did you notice any greater sensitivity to temperature as you got older, Fiona and Rachel?
1: I've always been colder, um, except for maybe when I was about seven, when I can remember that I used to go on summer holidays in England, which still meant that the maximum temperature could well have been only about 60-something degrees. Oh, yeah, and I remember when we, we went to, to I the sea when... on the north coast. And there's no humiliating factor from the Gulf Stream flow there and I would be wearing a swimming costume at uh, age five or six and running around and going in and out of the North Sea, and my mother would be sitting huddled in the sand dunes trying to get away from the wind, wearing a great big, thick Allen sweater. And there's even some photos occasionally of me wearing an anorak that she had stuffed on me over my swimming costume to keep me warm before I decided to go and run and um, play in the sea again. So obviously at age five or seven, I was still able to cope with temperature uh, being horribly cold that would normally freeze my face off now. Well, but England is. I, I would weird, say as soon I as mean. I hit puberty, um, I was definitely already having cold issues, and that would make sense with the estrogen. Do you remember when we
0: went to Stonehenge in July and it was only sixty? <laughs> and you were telling I was thinking It's July, I don't need a coat and yet on the Wheelchair planes there it was sixty. I mean Wow. Did you also yeah. get colder as you got I older? Told Rachel? You, I
1: won't get I know, I know. But
2: that's another that's a whole other topic. Yeah.
1: Um, well
2: Part of, part of with me is as I got older, I also went from a testosterone dominant endocrine system to an estrogen dominant one. So, for me, I I can attest that um, once I switched over my endocrine system to being estrogen dominant, um, my sensitivity to cold is terrible. I for years, I mean, I grew up in Minnesota, and I was also always known as a polar bear. I could I could walk out with the lightest little jacket on in, in the middle of winter. Um, I was never affected by the cold, and these last this last winter in particular, which wasn't terribly awful here in Kansas City, I was freezing, which is unprecedented for me. I had um, a space heater in my studio at my house, and it, my my partner was astonished. She's like, "Why is my space heater in your room?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hard to explain, but yeah it's it's a real it's a real phenomenon. So. One thing that struck me too is I wondered: Is this
0: just a U.S. thing? You know, we we have one U.K. representative here and a Minnesotan. Is it Minnesota or Wisconsin? You're from Minnesota. So Minnesota. that's yes. right. Sorry. So yeah, so we have a different country there entirely. But I also looked across other countries. Uh, I looked at studies in Canada, in Scandinavian countries, Japan, Thailand, India, and again in most countries across the world there was still a difference and the difference varied tremendously in Japan and Italy women needed the temperature to be about four degrees hotter in China it was only two In India and Israel, the difference wasn't really statistically significant, but those are both very tropical countries, and uh, I've worked in India a bit, and I have to say they they do keep the air conditioning fairly cool there, so it's not just a matter of they're not cooling it down in the office. In Japan, though, they actually call this phenomenon female cold syndrome, (laughs) which is actually... It's actually a uh, misogynistic term that men use to describe the fact that Japanese women complain of being cold constantly in office buildings, and uh, there's been some research on that. For one thing, Japan has a very much more gendered business attire. Women are typically expected to wear a knee-high skirt and heels. It exposes a lot of your legs to the direct air, and hose helps, but not that much. Yeah. But, but it's actually used as a, as a uh, derogatory thing towards women. Oh, she's just got female cold syndrome. <laughs> Ignore her complaints. And uh, this... Go ahead. They
1: could just as easily put it male heat syndrome, as uh, female cold syndrome.
0: that does come down to the question you know what who is setting the temperature in the office and uh, unfortunately if the average temperature is typically set to be 70 it clearly is set either by design or by coincidence strange coincidence it seems to be pretty much endemic across the entire world to give men the greatest level of comfort involved uh to give them that 70 degree temperature that is closer to this 72 they prefer than the 77 that women would prefer they've done studies where they've tried to meet in the middle to go at like 74 to 75 degrees and they found that uh men's discomfort at that level was actually reported to be lower than women's so women could benefit from just a couple degrees more temperature possibly so why aren't we doing it
2: Fiona?
1: and you keep saying that men's the average male comfortable temperature is 72 but they're cooling to 70. so why are they cooling to the point that they're on average uncomfortable And they're spending more money and wasting money for the company on keeping the office cooler than they're actually, on average, comfortable with. And also worse for the environment because they're burning up energy and fossil fuels. Why not at least have it at 72, where, on average, the average male would be comfortable and the average woman would be two degrees less uncomfortable?
0: (laughs) I think part of the reason could be that you do have to overset it a little bit to make up for some of the fact that you do have infiltration and so forth so that you set the thermostat to 70 but the net effect is it's actually 72
2: in the office is what they're saying yeah and I, I imagine and, that's has something to do with where they're taking the temperature too if, yes. where that thermostat is or where the you know what's triggering it exactly we had yes, func-
1: sometimes the only thermostat is in the office of the CEO <laughs> and that governs the entire building and so, if the CEO is comfortable, they don't care whether anyone else is uncomfortable, uh, is a common thing. And we've had issues in some buildings where people are fine in the morning, but then the sun moves around and they've got a desk by the window and they're getting blasted the most of the afternoon. And there is no way that the AC being ceiling vents and generally weakly distributed can compensate for that. So, we really need better designed buildings for people's comfort.
0: But in some cases, like at my office, um the department head his office was so cold that he could not stand it his he had a thermometer in his office that read 64 <laughs> and he was frozen but at my office where i was freezing it read about 73 and th- we literally were about 60 feet apart from <laughs> each other and n- no one could figure out how to do this and uh, When another, this is a really important issue in terms of not just comfort, but in terms of work satisfaction and work performance. I want to share some statistics. When women have been surveyed to ask, what is the number one thing that could be improved? in their office environment when they're asked about space functionality whether they want an open office or walls whether they want more daylight fresh air whether the noise is too high the number one response is typically it's too cold do something so that the penguins are you know not waddling around but the thing that Struck me, and this is something I did not find the last time I researched this. There have been many tests that have shown that the mental acuity of women decreases much, it decreases significantly as the temperature decreases. Uh, and even for younger people, uh, one test asked female and male college students sat type questions at several temperatures between 78 fahrenheit and 67 fahrenheit and they found out that at 78 fahrenheit women scored 15 percent higher scores than they did at 67 fahrenheit but the male students showed almost the exact opposite trend when they dropped when they increased from 67 to 78, their scores dropped by 15%. Uh, another uh, study looked at more than 500 office workers and looked at temperatures between 60 and 90 F, like that 90 F I mentioned that we went through earlier. Mm-hmm. And it showed that when you had these temperature extremes, women showed steady improvements in math and verbal testing all the way up to 90 even all the way at 90 degrees which would be sweltering women's scores were still improving but men showed steady decreases as the temperature was going up the only thing that didn't really seem impacted in either gender was general cognitive thinking problem solving which stayed about the same But can you imagine being able to do math better just by turning up the temperature? I mean, that's that's awesome.
1: Well, I have a thought related to that, which is that a lot of the time there are studies that find that when girls study at an all-girls school, they do better in math and science than they do at a co-ed school, and it's always been attributed to the fact that girls often dumb themselves down because they're picking up A from society around them that girls aren't supposed to be good in math and science and B they're doing it deliberately so the males at the school that they might be attracted to won't think that they're smarter than them and thus will still be interested in them because they're not oh, that's being so threatened. Sad. It is but sad. it's entirely possible that since at any all girls school that I've seen or been at, the vast majority of the staff are female, they may be keeping the schools at a higher temperature And so women's brains are working better and more fluidly in the math and science and verbal reasoning pieces. That might be a, a factor that they're not taking into consideration when they do these studies.
0: I think, too, that it is. it has always been a trend, too, that for me especially, and I wonder if it's because being intersex, I've always had higher levels of estradiol, than testosterone that i've always been cold i remember being frozen in junior high school and in high school and the boys are sitting there saying just sweating like wanting wanting to strip down to tank tops in french class and i'm sitting there just shivering saying you know so cold my grandmother says the wolves are coming. You know, it's, it's, they're coming from across the tundra. You know, my Ukrainian grandmother says this is the time of the hunger and everything.
2: Yes, notes for those of you that want to smash the patriarchy. Men can't handle the heat, so keep that in your diary. And this is
0: despite the fact that women in general have a larger percentage of body fat but uh you know it's it's not also evenly distributed necessarily you know breasts come to mind hips come to mind that that could sound pretty bad <laughs> taken out of context you know but but even with all that we're still not doing quite as well and um I
2: think Fiona has something Fiona what do you
1: Well, in addition, statistically speaking, your average female is smaller than your average male. Mm -hmm. And you lose heat or gain heat as a function of your surface area to volume ratio. And the smaller you are, the larger your surface area to volume ratio is going to be. And the more rapidly in a cold environment you'll lose heat. So we will more rapidly get cold in a cold environment than your average male would get hot in a hot environment. So we're going to suffer faster and more because of that disproportionate surface area to volume
0: ratio difference. I remember when I even volunteered and this was when we were short on office space and uh, somebody was going to get stuck with a laser printer in their cubicle. It's not like you had uh, a spacious palatial cubicle. (laughs) You had a 6 by 9 cubicle and people would be coming in and out to get, but the laser printer put out so much heat that I wanted it, it, it with me. Back then, the average laser printer put out more than 2,000 watts of heat. I mean, that's just awesome. That's like surrounding yourself with uh, 20 other people, basically, <laughs> uh, all heating you up. And that's a hug.
2: A hug that prints. I, mean, I know.
0: <laughs> and, of course, it's easy to get your printouts. But uh, but now that we've moved to a paperless office, for instance, in my area, we used to have, I think, a total of eight printers. We have one. You know, the office energy use is decreasing, but the air conditioning stays the same. Hmm. And I COVID has been a bit of a blessing in a way... I hate to use that term, but in fact that I can stay home and be warm. And, you know, I can pile cats and blankets on top of myself if I'm not warm <laughs> enough. Now we do battle sometimes over the thermostat, but not nearly. I mean, our, our temperatures are pretty much the same. We keep it about 78. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yes, occasionally one
1: of us wants it at 77 and everyone wants it at 78. But that's a far cry between it being set at 70 or lower and us both sitting there and shivering because we feel that we have to replicate the opposite environment somehow. I can work in shorts and uh, top-top and be comfortable and still functional. And sexy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, They don't enforce I'm I can them.
1: actually report you to our imaginary non-shared HR for comments right back like there.
2: They don't enforce the dress code at your home office, which is also nice. <laughs> you
1: know,
2: one of the you know, things...
1: The, the doctor said that they want to start wearing the collar and tie, and I'm not sure why.
0: One of the things that struck <laughs> me, too, is about the um, impact on the environment. You know, about, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, I, I looked this up, and these are very broad and generalized Measures that don't necessarily apply to every office. But as a rule of thumb, every degree warmer or every degree less you air conditioning saves about 3% of the total office energy. So if we assume that we met in the middle between men and women and raise the average office temperature by about 2.5 degrees, we would save about 7% of the commercial office energy in the U.S., Commercial buildings consume about 35% of the electricity consumed in the U.S. and generate 826 million metric tons of carbon dioxide emissions every year. Me- that meeting in the middle would say 58 million tons of carbon emissions per year if we did that. And could really make a difference for comfort levels i think
2: was was there any indication in that study that you cited where they did meet in the middle and found it actually was was good that they actually did that in that office they found that you know the men suffer a little
0: bit Mm -hmm. but the women's performance improves by a much greater percentage so it's a matter of What's best for the overall office? Now, some of it could be driven, too, by the gender ratio in the office. For instance, in my area where I sit, there's three women and 70 men.
2: (laughs) So, who's driving the temperature at that point? Are we... You know, We're going to make 70 men slightly more uncomfortable or three women way more comfortable and more productive.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. really awful because there's no easy way, especially in a cubicle environment, to really zone or control temperatures. And you know you can't keep a space heater in your office. Right. They don't They don't like that very much. So, um,
1: I've seen people climbing on desks and pushing packing tape over the vents in the ceiling <laughs> to try and keep the cold from blasting on them. And other people standing guard to make sure that no one from the, so the janitorial staff or anything is around to see them doing that.
2: Yeah, building engineers love it when you do that. They <laughs> think it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have some uh,
0: flow control valves that because of the imbalance, they flutter with this howling sound that when it happens is creepy. It sounds like it, it sounds like the soul's of the dams being fed backwards through a wood chipper and it's just yeah, it's just this this ho- incredible howling screaming sound as the air is vibrating and if that's not distracting, I don't know what is. Uh, something that's not distracting though is I think we have a station break coming up right about now or
2: in, um, in a minute or so but sure. In a minute or so, sure.
0: Uh, what I want to talk about next are you know some of the solutions because the odds are unless you're the ceo or you're in charge of the building services group you really can't control the temperature at your individual workspace and as we we've discussed and i think all three of us here have tried you can't practically wear a coat and actually get that much warmer Right, you know, at your desk. Well, or, and
2: yeah, and unlike you know, strong bed, you can't you can't type with boxing gloves on either, or gloves. You know, if your fingers are freezing off.
0: Yeah, that yeah. is a really serious problem, and it um, it just doesn't even seem to matter. My feet are the worst part of it all. You know, my it's and studies have shown that cold feet have a disproportionate impact upon our work performance ability more than any other part of your body even your fingers even though your fingers are the ones doing typing cold feet cause a greater level of pain misery and discomfort yeah so let's talk about something that's not related to pain misery and discomfort and go to a station break and be right back and welcome back to every woman where we've been talking about the problem of the thermostat wars and Why women, using the broad general term, as I've defined several times, to be sensitive to gender identity and, uh, you know, genotypical identity, why, generally speaking, we are so much colder than men in the office? And what are some of the root causes? And what are some of the really negative impacts, especially when we're talking about the work performance level uh the mental acuity and so forth so let's talk about solutions because a lot of people have looked at solutions retrofitting buildings to make individual zones for every worker i know we like to think that the corporation has loads of extra money they could spend, but we're talking about an outrageous amount of money. It simply just won't happen. Most buildings have typically just 4 to 20 zones in a floor at most that where they can control the temperature to some extent. Uh, one solution that's been proposed is on different sides of the building to create a warm zone where anyone, regardless of gender, or gender identity can choose to work in, a middle zone and then a cool zone. Uh, One of the concerns that people have is that this could lead to serious gender segregation. If the majority of women are going to want to work in the warm zone, you're going to end up with these enclaves on different sides of the the, the heat
2: barrier, like the, the Great Wall of Temperature. That doesn't sound bad to me, though. How is, it, how is that bad? It could be bad for people like like
0: my team. My team is split about 50-50, uh, you know, uh, male and female right now. So they all work together very closely oh, and collaboratively. If they were on opposite sides of the building, they literally would be hundreds of feet apart. Does that matter that much? I don't know. Fiona, I think you were going to say
1: yeah, I was going to say, if companies actually said they had four zones and a quarter of their workforce were female, if they said, okay, all of the women are going to work on floor two, someone would instantly say, well, that's discrimination, and other facilities better on floor two than or worse on floor two, and we're being shut out of things. Plus, so many managers, even with us being remote, are uh, in the mindset when their employees are in the same building as they are, that they want to be able to just stick their head up and see their employees so that they can reassure themselves that they really are working. That if their team was split and all the females on their team were on a different floor, they would feel a sense of unease that the females weren't working and were probably just down there chattering away because that's what women do. Even if they don't deliberately consciously think that uh, about any of their employees, they would have this fear that their women weren't working and so they, with that subconscious bias and unease about it, they would probably also give worse reviews, even if the work was exactly as good or even better, because people could work better because they were more comfortable in that temperature. And the other thing is so often you overhear something that in the office that is really useful for a project you're on or a problem you're having. And if you're separate from the rest of your group, you're not going to get that, and you're not going to get that advantage. People have commented before about if they're in right. an office where their manager is a smoker, the number of things that they mm-hmm. miss out by not being outside in the smoking group, and just so guys having conversations on the way to the restroom or something or running into each other, you could miss out on really important things and get shut out of the good project if you're in a female temperature corridor somewhere.
0: So... Another option is to radically modify dress codes to allow men to wear much less clothing and women to wear much more, but a lot of offices have already done that. And we also studied on an earlier edition of Every Woman that women are judged very harshly on their level of professional appearance, requiring that they do dress a cut above to have the same job performance uh, review and career progression. We've talked about space heaters. Space heaters, of course, can die in rather spectacular, fiery ways. Um, one thing that's been found to be effective and is often acceptable is heating pads and they have found that the two best places that have made women more comfortable in the office is to either have the heating pad on the seat of your chair or to put the heating pad on the floor and put your bare or stocking feet directly on the pad (laughs) to directly warm your feet metabolism also has a huge part overall just if you can go out for a walk at break time or lunch or just walk around side inside the building if it's too cold that can greatly improve your temperature resistance Uh, hot drinks and hot food actually seem to have the reverse effect and don't really warm you up and i i think what's ultimately going to end up being the solution is the mega trend that we are seeing of work from home that was driven by COVID. And uh, I think that's going to solve some of the problem, not all of it, but the fact that so many people will have their own home office where they can control their vent, their space heater, load, become a crazy cat lady and have 10 (laughs) Siamese cats or whatever, like I fully plan on doing. Rachel and Fiona, what do you think here is some final thoughts?
1: Well, I can also recommend that I have had heated fingerless gloves that you can plug into the USB port of your laptop. If you still have a physical uh, power computer rather than a laptop, you can also rest your feet on the top of that and take advantage of the heat going out of the back. And I had a footrest that actually you can plug in and have as a heater and warm your feet, which also does the do- double function of making you more comfortable if, if you don't have a fully ergonomic office. So there are definitely options that you can do that either your company won't even notice and realize you're having heating or are less likely to be a fire at risk and just fly under the uh, radar. But Rachel, yeah, what definitely do you definitely need to do something for people
0: comfortable rachel do you have any
2: ideas or thoughts about this ideas uh well i i do know that as someone who sort of managed an office for a while at a theater i was always worried about folks bringing in space heaters and even heating pads just because of the electrical load because we might have one 20 amp circuit that might be this one place and if there's three thousand watt space heaters happening it's it's over electric wise so um and, and frankly, I can't get past the idea of how awesome it would be to work in a women's enclave somewhere in an office if I had to work in an office, but I, I do get the downside. I, I, I am at a bit of a disadvantage having never sort of been in that corporate world before. So um, I, I really I do think that the, the idea of having a sort of middle temperature and this working from home thing it might, might be the solution.
0: I try to dress personally in as many layers as I possibly can. That's one reason I wear skirts instead of trousers. Skirts are warmer than trousers because they trap heat. They trap the pockets of hot air better, and you can layer with multiple 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 ones especially like crinoline and so forth and uh, this isn't something we're going to be able to solve today but hopefully we've given all of you out there listening to this some food for thought and hope you've enjoyed the uh, conversation and the information here between uh, fiona rachel and myself on every woman uh next up Stay tuned for uh, Urban Connections, and of course, uh, join us again next week for more Every Woman goodness here. And you have been listening to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio.